Welcome to the Funeral Fact Podcast. Our goal is to lift the veil of mystery from funeral customs and traditions for our listeners around the globe. I'm your host, Jeff Casper. I wanted to welcome our new subscribers in 18 countries around the world on five continents. You can help even more people find us by subscribing and even more importantly, leaving us a review in iTunes, Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Music Store, Stitcher, and the TuneIn app. You can subscribe with just one click on our website, funeralfact.com. Today we're going to be exploring celebrity cemeteries and the etiquette when you are visiting their final resting place. Joining us today is Theodore Hovey with Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Hollywood, California. Theodore is a family service counselor. Now, in addition to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, they have Bethel Alam Cemetery and, of course, the Hollywood Funeral Home as well. Welcome, Theodore. It's great to have you with us today. It's great to be here. Thank you. Perfect. Um, now, I know that the Hollywood uh, Forever Cemetery has been around since 1899. Certainly, you haven't been there all that time. Um, I was just curious, what, what brought you to to where you are today at Hollywood Forever. What was the path that uh, brought you there? Well, this is actually my first job within the funeral industry. Um, I was initially attracted to Hollywood Forever because I came from a multimedia production background, making CD-ROMs, when there were CD-ROMs, remember that, and websites and uh, things of that nature. And the owner of the cemetery, Tyler Cassidy, spearheaded the use of multimedia to memorialize people. Uh, making biographies, video biographies of people. And to, in addition to just having a static grave marker or headstone, um, the idea was that people we would build a library of people's lives. And uh, um, and so that's what attracted me to it, because uh, he was really kind of the forerunner in the industry in that, in that sense. And I just moved out here to California, and um, I thought I needed a change from what I'd been doing. Well, I, I, to our listeners, if you haven't, uh, I, I certainly recommend you go to the uh, Hollywood Forever website, which is linked up at our site as well. Um, it is incredibly interactive. Uh, you can find, um, and I believe the term that they use on the website is a library of lives. And it truly is. They've got uh, stories from uh, names that you might not necessarily be familiar with, but were incredibly important uh, building uh, the Hollywood legacy that that is today, um, and and it's also um, like I said, I just found it incredibly easy to use, very informative. And uh, if you, a theater, would pass that along, uh, that like I said, you did an exceptional job on that. Um, oh well, now, thank you. I certainly will. Um, now and, and I don't know if you personally did it or or uh, if uh, someone else did, but they they did a great job. Um, now. Can you give us a brief history of uh, Hollywood Forever as well as Beth Alam, uh, which for our listeners, uh, Beth Alam is a uh, cemetery for those of the Jewish faith, and so they are conjoined or right next to each other, I guess would be a, a good way to put it. Um, Theodore, can you kind of enlighten us how that all came about? Sure. These, uh, they're actually right here on the same property, um, um, the the cemetery itself was founded, was incorporated in 1899 by a man named F.W. Samuels. He was a, um, a very wealthy cattle baron, basically, um, someone who'd made a great deal of money in cattle and in agriculture in Nebraska and came out here and um, 
decided one of the things he was going to do was found a cemetery. And it was originally supposed to be located about an hour, about a mile east of here. But there was already development there, um, real estate development, people's homes and things, and no one wants to live near a cemetery. So it was then proposed to be built here, which was in the middle of nowhere, basically, back then. There were just fields and some orchards and things. It's amazing how fast the city has developed, and the cemetery is one of the reasons that this whole part of the city was was even laid out. Um, so it was laid out in perfect 100-acre blocks, and the cemetery was 100 acres. It um, The first burial was in 1901, and then in the late teens, the cemetery sold about half of the property, which is completely undeveloped, the south half, bordering Melrose Avenue. Um, the north half is bordering Santa Monica Boulevard. Um, to a few small studios who were burgeoning studios in the uh, early days of film here in on the West Coast. Those studios eventually went away, and uh, now Paramount, uh, Paramount RKO was there for a while, but then Paramount is still the only of the classic film studios that's still here in Hollywood, and, uh, but that land originally belonged to the cemetery. Beth Olam, the section for Jewish families, was founded in 1929 and is now the second oldest functioning Jewish cemetery in California. Wow. Um, and, of course, uh, again, I've, I've cheated it for our listeners. I've gone to the website and looked at uh, some of the noter, uh, the folks that are, are, are buried with you or entombed. Uh, you, I mean, you have the legendary uh, Cecil uh, B. DeMille, um, as well as Judy Garland, uh, Mickey Rooney, and, and I mean, there's a whole host of other folks, uh, which really kind of leads me to the next uh, segment that I wanted to talk about, which was uh, a, a number of cemeteries um, shy away from telling those life stories, and particularly if they may have high-profile um, uh, folks that are there, and you have embraced it. And, um, you know, is it a problem for having people to come uh, and pay their respects to someone that they admired or uh, may have uh, grown up with in the movies uh, at, at your uh, cemetery there? Well, we certainly don't consider that a problem here. We realize that there are um, other, loca- other cemeteries that, uh, in which a lot of the people that people would like to visit, would like to whom they like to pay their respects, those people are locked away behind um locked doors and mausoleums and and some even some outdoor gardens that are locked um, which guarantees them a great deal of privacy but here it's a it's a much more open and welcoming atmosphere the cemetery in general i think aside from the fact um, that we do encourage people to come and pay their respects to these people who have meant so much to them because all of us know all of us have some celebrity or famous person or historical figure in our life that we didn't know personally, but it's been very important to our, you know, our, own, um, our own lives and our own uh, happiness and sense of being. And our, um, our owner does encourage that, encourages people to come and pay their respects. Of course, they have to pay their respects in a respectful manner, which we are, are uh, very happy to report that people do here. Um, they're very happy to be able to have come in such close proximity to people whom they've admired all their lives. But it's not just in that sense. The cemetery is very welcoming in other senses. People always tell me, you know, I'm not sad when I go to that cemetery. I, I don't feel gloomy or depressed. It's a very, it's a beautiful park. It's 
one of the most beautiful parks here in this giant, sprawling um, metropolis. And it's people are very welcome to come and just walk around and enjoy the grounds, which is something I think people aren't always comfortable doing in a lot of other cemeteries. So it's um, the, the owner likes to think of this as a community, more of a community center than just, just a cemetery. It's a lot more things to people. It has a lot, a lot of different layers to it. And people do like, like coming here just maybe if they have 20 minutes on their lunch hour, come here and sit next to the park and sit next to the, the lake and reflect. And, um, and uh, that's very welcome here. Well, and having spent some time in Los Angeles, it is very rare that you're able to find a quiet place or a place to be able to ground yourself. And um, certainly, uh, you know, what a great place to be with, surrounded by celebrities, nonetheless. <laughs> I feel very lucky that I come in this second largest city in, in the United States. I come to work in a beautiful green park every day. So it, it is, um, it's a lovely environment. It really is. Theodore, do you have an idea of how many folks actually come come to visit uh, every year? I've tried to put that together, and there's really no way to calculate it. But we have a, a lot of visitors, and aside from the people who are coming to visit their own family members, um, partly because of the uh, the celebrities buried here, and you mentioned some of them, but also because of the fact that this represents old Hollywood in a way that uh, a lot of people are looking for the feel of old Hollywood, of the golden age of Hollywood. And unfortunately, a lot of it just isn't here anymore. You know, the Brown Derby is not mm-hmm. here anymore. And there are a few things, a few little spots around around Hollywood. There's Brown's Chinese Theater, and there are maybe two old famous restaurants, and uh, there's not much else. A lot of it, unfortunately, doesn't exist any longer. And this is a place where people can come and and sort of feel that, the, the old magic of Hollywood. So we get a lot of visitors um, who are just after that, aside from the people who are coming to pay their respects to the uh, celebrities who've, who built the Hollywood film industry and starred in it. And not only that, all the people who, who built Hollywood, the city itself, are, are all interred here as well. For instance, all the, the street names around here in this neighborhood, all those people who are important enough to have street names named after them, you know, we're all buried here. So it's not just the film industry. It's Los Angeles and Hollywood um, city history as well. So it, it, there are many reasons for people to be attracted to this property. Now, now speaking of old Hollywood, um, I, I have heard tell of a lady in black that visits uh, Valentino's uh, crypt on a regular basis. Is that, is that true or is that just urban folk legend? Well, no, there, there was a woman who um, <clears throat> took on the name of Dietra Flamme. Um, I'm pretty sure that wasn't her, her given name at birth. Uh, she became well, the first lady in black. There's, there, she sort of handed down, well, not actually herself, but the mantle has been passed somehow over time to a few different people, and there is a lot of discrepancy over who the actual original lady in black was and why she was there, and uh, there are books written about it, basically. Um, wow. her, story was, her story was that she had been very ill as a child, I think as an adolescent, and the word got out, and 
Valentino came to her bedside and uh, brought her roses and said that, you know, when I'm gone, I want you to just come and visit me and bring a rose. So that's how she sort of developed her whole her whole myth. Uh, well, well, if it were a myth, we, we, don't, we don't know exactly. But that was her background that she, um, that she uh, maintained. And she did come and place a single red rose every year for decades until she passed away. The tradition has been sort of handed down over the years, and now there is a local Hollywood film historian, um, a wonderfully knowledgeable historian, who's a great friend of the cemetery named Carrie Bible, who actually gives very informative, very interesting uh, guided tours of the cemetery and all its history, and um, which you can actually see at cemeterytour.com if you're interested. She knows everything about the cemetery and about Hollywood. But she has sort of taken on the mantle, and every year at the Valentino Memorial, and there has been a memorial every year since the year after he died. We just had the 90th one just um, just last week. Um, she does come and fulfill that role of placing the single red rose um, at his crypt. All right. Well, Theodore, we are up against a break. We'll continue our dis- discussion on the other side of it. Listeners, don't go away. We'll be right back in a few minutes. And don't forget to visit funeralfact.com to subscribe uh, to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. We'll be right back. provides essential information in home care and support for seniors living with Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia, and other disabling diseases. We spoke with renowned occupational therapist, Tipa Snow, about some of the myths surrounding Alzheimer's disease. Some of the myths about dementia and Alzheimer's is that people aren't trying and that maybe we should push them harder. There's a point at which the brain is dying, and so people are doing the best they can in that moment. What we could do is change how we go about it. Another myth is that it's all genetic. Not necessarily, lifestyle matters. How we live our life makes a difference. We also know that not everybody will get it. It's not something that for sure, as you age, you will develop. For more information on Senior Helpers, please visit us online at seniorhelpers.com. Senior Helpers is a member of the Alzheimer's Foundation of America. This close. We're this close. We are this close. Of our entity to making history. This close to changing the world. We are this close. This close. This close to making sure no child suffers a crippling disease ever again. This close. We are this close to ending polio. To ending polio. All we need is you. Is you. This close. If we donate now, we may lose this chance forever. Help Rotary make history at endpolionow.org. Moore's Mission Funeral Home asks, how do you want to be remembered? I'd like to be remembered as somebody who treated people with love and respect. I'd like to be remembered as someone who brought happiness to others. I'd like to be remembered as someone who made other people feel important. I want to be remembered as the sunshine gal who was a compassionate listener with unconditional love. 
I would like to be remembered as a loving husband and father. I'd like to be remembered as the one that was fun and loving. How would you like to be remembered? And who will tell your story? Start to tell your unique personal story by calling Moore's Mission Funeral Home in Concord at 925-682-1100. It's your story to tell. What will be said about you? Call Moore's Mission Funeral Home at 925-682-1100. Let us help tell your story. Licensed California Funeral Home, CAFD-873. Imagine if I told you that an earthquake was going to hit tomorrow right where you live. That it would be 6.5 in magnitude with aftershocks occurring twice 25 minutes apart. You'd no doubt talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you an earthquake will happen tomorrow. But what if it does? Shouldn't you have a plan? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. continue our conversation um, with Theodore from the Hollywood Forever Cemetery and we're talking about uh, celebrity cemeteries as well as the etiquette Eti- can't talk today that's not a good thing for a podcaster etiquette uh, when you were visiting a ceremony and when we left off we had had uh, we we're talking about the lady in black at um, uh, Valentino's uh, crypt and um, now we've want to get more into uh, actually talking about the uh, Hollywood forever itself. And, and I have to ask for, for, uh, cause I'm sure I'll get, get it otherwise on via email. Um, is there still space available at Hollywood forever? And, you know, if somebody wants to be buried near someone that they admired in life, can they be? Absolutely. Cemetery, uh, the cemetery, there are almost 90,000 people interred here. And naturally, wow. all of those 90,000 people are not celebrities. Um, so, and we have a lot of space left. A lot of people tend to think because we're so old, we're kind of like a, just a museum, basically. And uh, we're not. We're an active cemetery. We have burials and cemetery and ceremonies every day. Um, in addition, we also have a crematory as well. Um, we're, we're a very active location. And there's a lot of space left. And there are opportunities to, to um, be interred you know, in close proximity to people you may have admired. That, that in some cases that is possible, and some not, just depending on space availability. But we are have a lot of space available. We're always developing new mausoleums, and actually always discovering new areas of uh, for ground burial as well. That um, that uh, were kind of overlooked in the past. Wow, that. Uh... Like I said, it, it, it's amazing. It's, the cemetery's been open, what, 118 years, thereabouts, and right. you're still able to uh, uh, find places and be active like that, which is, is great. Um, and I, when I'm gone, I don't plan to hang around the cemetery, so I, I'm easy as far as that goes. But it, it, it really is uh, uh, a neat uh, thing to think that you could be... Uh, uh, in tomb near uh, Judy Garland or Mickey Mantle or, or uh, not Mickey Mantle, Mickey Rooney uh, or whoever. Now, I did find interesting on, um, uh, in particular, Mel Blanks, um, 
uh, marker, uh, and he has inscribed, that's all folks. And I noticed it oh, was yeah. an upright uh-huh. marker. Um, and, and then you have some really beautiful, um, in the middle of the lake, you've got a, a beautiful, uh, and that's a private mausoleum, I believe, um, as yes, well yes. as, uh, I think it was at uh, Tyrone Power that has a, it's a bench, Yes, the uh, beautiful oh, white marble bench yeah, right yeah. Uh, um, on the edge of the, the east edge of the lake, yes. Yeah, and and so there's all different types of, of monuments and markers. Um, I believe that um, uh, a couple members of the um, group, the Ramones, are, are also with you there, and uh, his is a... a um, a statue, if I'm not mistaken, uh, of him playing. Yes, the Johnny Ramone. There's a bronze, yeah. a bronze statue to Johnny Ramone, yeah. and Dee Dee Ramone is on the other side of the lake, around the corner, sort of. Yes, there are two wow. here. In addition, right near there, Chris Cornell, uh, the lead singer of Soundgarden, who unfortunately passed away a few months ago, mm-hmm. is also interred in that area. That area is called the Garden of Legends, and it has the highest concentration of, um, of uh, notable people there. Um, that section and in the middle of the lake you mentioned there is an island in the middle of the lake that that private family mausoleum is the family of William Andrews Clark Jr. who was the son of a Montana senator and copper baron and um, Mm. that's um, him and his family um, now I I I have to ask the question uh, because it's it I have seen in in the last six or eight months uh, certainly in the last year, a number of celebrities had passed away. And you see the, the, the funeral services that they have for them are quite uh, grand in often many cases. And um, do celebrities plan ahead for, for their funeral? Or is it, is it just somehow that, that you as professionals are able to get that together right away? I, I'm, I'm always amazed when I... I uh, uh, see that happening. I mean, I think of Prince and, you know, and, and or even Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher or uh, any of the other celebrities that have, have passed recently. Um, is that something that, that generally they plan for? They say, okay, when I go, I want this kind of statue or, you know, I want that's um, all folks I, on my... <laughs> right. I, I don't think that celebrities differ much from the general public in as as in, in the area of pre-planning, basically. I think uh, a lot of people, certainly people who die suddenly um, or at a young age, they're just as un- unready for that as, everyone, as anyone else is. People who live to an older age, uh, who are maybe passing away from natural causes in a, more slowly, those people will probably have plans in place just just like the, the general public, basically. It sort of works the same way. But we do, as you mentioned, some celebrities do have very elaborate grand ceremonies. Or on the other extreme, they're very small and private and, um, and quiet and low profile um, so as not to attract too much press attention. So it's, it's the, the spectrum there. It's usually one or the other. It's usually not anything right in the middle in between. Well, and, and I, uh, my guess would be that that probably how they were in life is probably uh, what their funeral or celebration will be like as they, you know, go out if they were flamboyant or, or you know, and I think of Prince's where you've got this, or Whitney Houston, I mean, um, and, conver- you know, comparing that with uh, others that have been um, 
you know, kind of quiet, if you will, or uh, uh, more traditional. Um, now, is there is there anything different that you do when you're pre- preparing for a celebrity funeral versus, you know, someone who isn't famous? Well, usually security is the real, really defining issue in that because there is a great need to protect the family from too much attention, from paparazzi, from too much attention from followers at such a, such a sensitive time in their lives. Um, we try to ensure the privacy of all our families, but we have to take special measures very often and add additional security. Sometimes the cemetery is closed for a certain period of time if we have to for very high-profile cases. And so that's the big difference, basically, is just the... Uh, um, uh, the security and privacy element has to be, we have to tick, tick it up a few notches, basically. Okay. Now, it, when, when someone comes to visit, uh, you know, someone they admire's final resting place, what's the etiquette? I mean, um, there, unfortunately, there, nobody, it's not taught in school, and, and nobody mentions it to us, uh, uh, you know, in a handout necessarily. So if I'm coming to visit uh, somebody there, what, what are kind of the quick do's and don'ts? Well, I certainly do come and visit and, and pay your respects. We encourage that. Uh, I think don'ts, I think people just need to remember that they're not the only person who may be coming to visit uh, the celebrity who's passed away, and remember that the other people who are coming to visit are there to visit that person. They're not there to visit your personal connection and tribute to the celebrity. So uh, people should be a little cautious about leaving things at the grave or at the crypt side, um, because that's not what everyone else is coming to see. They're coming to pay, pay homage to that person that meant so much to them and to you as well. So just remember that. Just remember that um, things can add up, and uh, there are some people, especially uh, recent passings, when people have just passed away, that sometimes the tributes just uh, almost can, can almost overwhelm the, the the space. So things have to be removed. So I just like people to bear that in mind that they've come to pe- people have come to visit the the celebrity or the the artist who is buried there not to basically share with you and your personal tribute which is very important to you but uh, bear in mind that they can sometimes overwhelm um, the area in which the person is buried well no, I, I think that's great advice now you had uh, mentioned uh, that uh, uh, a little bit earlier in the show about how um, Hollywood Forever was more of a, almost a community center, and I wanted to touch on that as well because you do uh, events there that are open to the public as well as uh, I think I've seen some for uh, concerts it looked like as well. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Because I, I think that is not only a great way to to experience Hollywood Forever, but then also you know see a movie or a show. So tell us what, what you have going on there. Well, we do have a film series in the summer for about, let's say, begins in May and goes through sort of the end of September, every Saturday and even some Sundays, and a few days in the in the middle of the week occasionally. So it's a, a very, very 
popular destination during those months. It sells out every week. It's a really lovely occasion. It's, it's, the films are shown on a big open lawn where there's nobody interred at all. So there's, mm-hmm. there's no one sitting on spaces at all. And everyone who comes is very respectful. We have a, uh, they are, are very, uh, it's a very nicely behaved crowd. Everyone appreciates the, the event and the fact that they're there and, uh, people, lay down blankets and bring um, a little picnic and enjoy the space and enjoy the film. And the films range from a great range of films from classical black and white Hollywood films. Uh, you know, one week it can be the Philadelphia story and next week it can be E.T. and the next week it can be something kind of uh, that has a cult following like Barbarella or something like that. So it's a, it's a wide spectrum of films that are shown. But they're uh, always sold out. It's it's a, it's become one of the very uh, in things to do in Los Angeles. And uh, I go every once in a while, and it hasn't lost its charm for me. And we do have concerts as well. We only have a few outdoor concerts every year. And, uh, and but we do have some smaller concerts upstairs in this in the main administration building, which the top floor of which was originally a Masonic lodge. It no longer is the only Masonic Lodge in a cemetery in the United States. Wow. And there are two big, beautiful rooms up there. One is the room for the Eastern Star, which is the women's contingency of the, of the, of the Masons, and then there's the other room where the men meet. And we have uh, concerts and receptions up there in those, in those venues as well. They're much smaller and are appropriate for more intimate uh, performances. So there's a lot going on here all the time. And then we also have our annual Day of the Dead celebration, which has become the biggest Day of the Dead celebration in America. It um, is always around the very end of October, beginning of November. It's not always necessarily on All Souls Day, but it, uh, we try to get as close as we can, whatever Saturday is closest to that. And that is an amazing event. It's, it's just uh, people tell me after they've experienced it once that it's it's very enlightening and informative it's this whole culture that a lot of people don't know a lot of, about and it's a wonderful way to learn about it and to be kind of immersed in the whole feeling of um of that culture well uh, thank you very this, much this now year, tickets oh go ahead i'm sorry tickets are available uh-huh it, it the, this year it's on october 28th uh saturday october 28th and you can purchase tickets to all of these events online you can go to our website, and there will be links to other um, the people who actually handle the ticketing. All right, fantastic, uh, Theodore. Our time is up today. I really want to thank you so much uh, for giving us uh, a little bit of your day. I appreciate it. Uh, and for our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Um, you'll find a link to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery at our website at uh, funeralfact.com. Um, and as I said, I want to thank you from around the world. I'm just amazed that we are in 18 countries on five continents. And I encourage you to tell your friends and associates. Uh, you can uh, subscribe with just one click on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, uh, Stitcher, and the TuneIn app. And uh, do subscribe, leave a review, and uh, let us know what you think. We also like to hear from you. Stop by the website and give us your ideas for future shows. Uh, matter of fact, I got one just this morning that we will uh, be uh, investigating. And, and uh, thanks to Nate uh, for sending that out to us. And uh, finally, again, to our listeners, you make it all happen. Until next time, 
This is Jeff Casper wishing you great days and good luck. Proceeding broadcast is copyright 2017 Casper Media. All rights reserved.